Zig. And I'm Hannah Hampton, and you're listening to HR After Hours. It's time for Mailroom Shenanigans. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right. I had to print this one up so I could read it like a letter and get real <laughs> old-timey and retro. Here I'm we like go. I'm imagining you like licking your finger to turn the page. Hold on. Watch this. <laughs> My Lord. Dear Hannah. I have recently discovered your podcast and decided, what the heck? I might as well email you with my current HR dilemma. I work in a relatively small office, which is part of a large sales company. We have a top-performing salesperson who generates a disproportionately high percentage of our overall transactions. However, he cannot get along with anyone in our office. He does not say or do anything that is inappropriate about other individuals. Instead, he is constantly accusing others of trying to hijack his clients, sabotage him professionally, and seems to believe everyone is out to get him. This behavior disrupts the office workflow since I'm constantly investigating and or dealing with these accusations. One office mate told me in confidence that this person is possibly a true narcissist, but of course I told her that we could not engage in that conversation. Mm -hmm. Hannah, I don't know what to do, and I look forward to your input. Sincerely, Frustrated in Philly. All right, Hannah, what do you got? or frustrated in Philly. Well, I always like to say, this is the tale as old as time. You know, I have worked in sales organizations uh, in and out of my HR and non-HR career. So I certainly know that many times uh, in the sales world, it takes someone who is I, you know, it, it, t- it takes a certain personality, and I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying it takes a certain person to succeed in the world of sales, and a lot of times those personalities can be stronger. So there are definitely going to be many uh, ER, employee relations issues in a sales environment because, let's get real, when you are working in a world with commissions where you're making your money is based on the sales you make, there's going to be situations like this that occur. So I always like to kick it off like that. Tale as old as time, something that I think any HR professional who works in a sales organization deals with the same problem. So here's, here's what I do have to say about that. Now it's, I don't have enough information for me to truly diagnose uh, how I would handle the situation. So, uh, you know, I want to I want to kick it off of that. So I can't give you some exact advice and nor would I want to give you advice because, hey, I'm not a lawyer um, and I'm not in your HR department. However, I do have some suggestions on things where I would start with regards to uh, this type of a situation. First of all, we know that so- certain individuals who are, are successful they they can be a little uh, nervous about losing that success. So anytime you get maybe a new employee who is going to be some competition, I feel like sometimes this is something that can happen. So I think the first uh, point of order I would on my suggestion is really work on team building, making sure that you're taking the time to uh, build those relationships within your team members. So if the team members have trust amongst one another, they're gonna be less likely to feel that one is going to stab the other in the back. So uh, 
I know that sounds a little cheesy at times, like this is sales, This is these are people who, you know, they're not working, uh, they're working individually, but I truly feel like that sales can be a team sport and that we can help each other out. And it, again, it's just building those great inter-team relationships so that say, hey, when I'm taking PTO, when I'm on vacation, I know somebody's got my back and is going to help out my clients when I'm out. I'm not going to feel guilty or scared that I'm taking a week off because I know that my team member has my back. And I'm so sorry. You can probably hear my cat crying in the background. <laughs> you know, that's OK, because this is a pet themed episode because earlier uh, Maximilian was chiming in from the other room. So sorry, <laughs> listeners, if you don't like pets, you might as well stop listening to this podcast immediately. It's raining cats and dogs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so the next point, the next one is going to be, well, you know, from an HR perspective, if somebody brings an accusation and, and needs it to be, it needs to be investigated. You know, it's, it's our duty to make sure that we are giving, uh, giving people the time of day. Now, if this is something where the same person is coming back to you over and over again with accusations, and they don't have any, um, they don't have any, I don't want to say true, uh, true information, but I think there's nothing wrong with pushing back and asking questions and asking for a little bit of evidence. Well, why do you feel that way? Why do you feel so-and-so is taking your orders? Why do you feel so-and-so is sabotaging you? Because, you know, I, I think if we, if we turn the HR department into I get to just tell any any story and my HR my HR partner is going to take it as fact and spend, you know, five hours investigating. Well, when we've just opened up ourselves for a lot of 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 busy work. And I know this is going to sound a little controversial because, yes, it's our job in HR to be completely you know, unbiased and take all accusations at, you know, take them all seriously. And I'm not saying not to. However, I think that if somebody is constantly bringing you something, especially something like this, it's not discrimination. It's not harassment. These are just these person's beliefs. I think there's nothing wrong with pushing back a little bit and asking, well, why do you think that? Do you have more information? Do you have anything else to share with me? And then finally, I think another good piece of uh, advice is possibly getting the person who is getting your salesperson who's making an accusation on another salesperson, get them in the same room together. Let's talk about the sale. Let's talk about this. So-and-so feels like it belongs to them. You think it belongs to you. Let's talk it through and understand what happened. Because I think if it turns into, if you are turning into the complaint department, then people are going to take it as I'm going to come to you and I'm going to complain every day versus taking that time, setting some rules of engagement and helping the person understand that, hey, you know, if you're going to bring a complaint about a sale, you have to bring a little bit of information to back it up. This is not just a place for you to complain about your coworkers or to make wild accusations. Again, I know that's controversial and I'm not saying HR shouldn't investigate everything, but if you open yourself to investigating the wildest accusations that there's no basis to, well, you know, all of a sudden you're going to become the complaint, de complaint department and not the HR department. You know, what I, one of the things I'm looking at here that I think is probably a really key piece in this issue is that they went out of their way to say that this salesperson is like hella good, right? Or, 
or actually they didn't yeah. say hella good though. They said responsible for a disproportionately part of their sales. So maybe this person's behavior has just been, you know, accepted yeah. or whatever. But let me ask you this. It, let's just say it's a small, they said it's a small office. This person is carrying the office as far as fiscally. And yeah. as you know, money talks as far as operations is because HR, we only have so much to say at the end of the day, we're there to protect the company and the brand, but they choose whether or not to listen to us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it ever okay to just say, you know what? It is what it is with with this individual. Do not engage with them unless you absolutely have to. Because in the sales role, Mm -hmm. you really don't have to engage hardly ever with your fellow sales individuals. Um, is Is it ever okay advice to say, hey, man, I do empathize with you. I understand what you're saying. But at the end of the day, just stay the hell away from them if you can. I'm sorry that answer sucks. But, you know, we've tried everything with this person. And we're not going to get rid of them unless they actually violate an HR policy or law or put the company at risk. What about that type of uh, well, response? I, what I would say is I, that's not a good response to me because I have seen it in action where a we've got this where the top salesperson basically holds the team hostage and everyone feels that they have to do uh, as, you know, follow as this salesperson does. But I have seen it where you, when the salesperson is gone, the productivity of the rest of the team skyrockets and everybody is more productive and works better with that personality being gone. So I, it's really scary, though, to think, hey, my top performer, the person who's bringing in my money, uh, it, it's scary to think like if I could lose them by addressing these issues, by having these conversations. But I say you can't let that scare you because this person's personality can affect other people's work. So do you want it to be a work environment where one person thrives or do you want it to be a work environment where everybody thrives? So my advice on that is, and again, I feel like it's tale as old as time, you get that person who's been around the company for a very long time, they're very successful, and they can bully people out the door. Now, is bullying illegal? It's not. However, it's not good for business. So I think it's it's important that you handle this personality in an appropriate way. You give them advice, you help them be successful and hold them accountable. Like don't allow bad behaviors to get by with it within your office or within your space. Because I think that's probably if I'm reading between the lines in the letter, this is somebody who's been allowed to get away with bad, bad behavior for a very long time, and somebody needs to go in there and stop it. And that's why working on team building, working on getting those personalities to get along, working on, I don't want to say standing your ground, but standing your ground a little with this employee who wants to push other people out the door. You can't let that happen. Now, again, like I said, bullying is not illegal, but then what if it gets to a point where you start looking at the trends of the person that this that they're bullying out the door, and what if a specific type of person, uh, be it race, be it sex, be it, you know, whatever it might be, what if they're getting pushed out the door at a higher rate than other people? Well, now you've just opened yourself up to a discrimination claim. So I say it's it's never a good thing to allow. Well played, Hannah Hampton. Well played. <laughs> 
But I feel like if we take the time and take a humanistic approach to things, you're always going to get a better out outcome. I know I feel sometimes it's really easy to see things in black and white, but truly a really great HR professional understands that gray area and really knows how to navigate the waters there. So just, uh, but I always say, let's bring the human, let's put the human back into human resources. Holy cow, Hannah, do you know what time it is? What time is it? Well, all I got to say is roll them if you got them, because it's time for a smoke break. Smoke break! <laughs> all right, Hannah, so every once in a while, something happens that I all of a sudden, I don't know, I don't want to say I realize my age. I guess it's I feel older every once in a while, because I am one of those people that there's a lot of research on this, and this will be another topic for another time, where supposedly we as individuals see ourselves as younger looking versus what others see. Sure. Um, so I don't believe I'm the age I am. I'm in my 40s. Um, and um, every once in a while, something will happen that'll make me go, oh shit, I'm in my 40s. Mm -hmm. And um, I do believe age is a state of mind, insert all your cliches here, but I do believe it. It's the way you live. It's the way you treat yourself, et cetera. So other than the fact that my once shaven head now stays bald on its own, I don't think I really look my age, but I could be wrong. Uh, and we know I obviously don't act my age, <laughs> but there's a reason every once in a while we like to discuss things and determine whether or not to shake our rake in the general direction of these. And uh, recently I was in downtown Memphis, Tennessee, and I saw those rental bicycles, uh, mm -hmm. electric bicycles and electric scooters yep. everywhere. And I know they're in Chicago. I've seen them in other cities I've visited. And, yep. you know, all you need to do is go to the kiosk, put in your information and insert your account, your PayPal, your credit card, whatever it is. And then you just take off and ride this electric scooter around the city. Yeah, how the hell is that? I don't understand uh, how that has come about. It seems so frigging unsafe to me. It seems like the biggest liability issue in the world. It just seems like an all around bad idea. And yet these things are just showing up everywhere. So uh, they're, they're in my town and they're in my neighborhoods where I drive and it's it's yet another hazard I have to look out for because I'm shaking my rake at this one because I see people without helmets and that freaks me out. You just, there's nothing between your, your brain and the pavement, but your skull. Um, and I also feel like it's, it, it's, people are not following the rules of the road. They think, well, I'm just on a scooter, so I'm going to do whatever I want. It's just a matter of time before people start dying and there's, there's losses. And I know people are already have already died from falling off the scooters because you don't have to wear a helmet and they're told stay off the sidewalks. So you're on the streets, the streets, there's cars. But people, some people go on the sidewalk, and I think about people walking on the sidewalk and elderly people on the sidewalk. I just think, you know, as, as cool as people think it might be, I feel like it's just a disaster waiting to happen. And in some areas, it seems to me that the police are looking the other way when these 
uh, like you just said, when they're not abiding to the man, I feel so fucking old when I say this. They're not <laughs> abiding to the laws of the street. Yeah. They're not, or, you know, they're not following the traffic laws, and they're you know, uh, we're I could care less know. about jaywalking. But when you're on an electric scooter and you're crossing illegally, and then remember, you know what what drove me to just ask myself WTF on this one is that, you know, my most recent encounter with this was in Memphis, Tennessee, downtown Memphis, Tennessee, home of Beale Street. So I was in, I was being a tourist and I'm checking out what's basically a drunken area. So people are flocking to downtown Memphis to drink and celebrate and party and listen to great blues. I mean, Beale Street's pretty kick-ass, so let's not hold the scooters against them. But to me, that seems like it compounds the concern and the issue. And there should be like, I didn't see any signs for caution or I don't know. Am I am I missing the point on this? No, no. And I think, you know, I think at this point, though, we're, we're old enough to understand that, you know, it's we, we and we've seen enough in our time that that. People are not always cautious, especially when they're younger. They are missing that that piece in their brain that says, hey, I could die if I make a really bad mistake on here. So I think it's it's just a matter of time before uh, enough people get hurt that there will be more rules and, and legislation around it. But right now, I think they've They've, they've thrown it out there. Where I live, there right now, there's so many different companies. So I see these scooters everywhere because they have allowed um, the companies to come in and put them everywhere. But I see people out in the street. I see people not paying attention. I, I mean, I saw somebody run a stop sign, and I thought, well, what if, what if I wasn't paying attention? And I had my stop, and I just plowed right through that person. So it's uh I, I don't know I'm 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 just like you I'm skeptical about it and I think it's it's kind of a bad idea and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and if you've never seen these before, when I say scooters, I mean these are just slightly large razor scooters. I mean if it was even electric, a, electric. Scooters. Electric scooters. So these are like giant electric um, razor scooters. These aren't. These are two wheel devices. They don't even have like you know if they had two wheels in the back like training wheels almost, um, and they were a little wider platform. And th- I think that would make them less dangerous. But then you can't whip them in and out of things, which I don't really know that that's necessary. And you know obviously the big picture here is that there's revenue being generated and that these companies have these agreements with some or most of the cities they're in. So this is some city revenue being made. But it seems to me like there should be some sort of 15-minute class that you have to get a certification to be a part of the, you know, have a little sticker on your license or something. So at least we know you're not going to just jump out there and hurt yourself and others. Because I'm just thinking of the, I don't know. I just, I really am trying to justify it and I can't. So I think we're in a mutual agreement here. I'm going to say I am definitely out front, shaking hand, saying, you kids get off my yard with those damn scooters. Hannah? (laughs) I'm shaking the right too. Well, on that note, that's all the time we have for today. Well, and as you can tell, we do need your help. Some of us more than others, right, Mick? 
Absolutely. Could it be more obvious? <laughs> well, how can they help and where can they find us? Well, first, what they can do is email us with any topics for future episodes, questions they want answered, or if they just want to send some inappropriate photos to <laughs> mail at hrafterhours.com. Or you can always visit our Instagram page at HR After Hours or Twitter, where we have all of three followers at HR underscore hours. Well, we look forward to hearing from you and we'll catch you next time. 